Hello, everyone. Welcome to Peter Peer Real Estate Show. I'm your host, William Morales. And on today's show, I have Aaron Shine. Aaron is the founder of Attainable Home. He's an elder millennial, which I love, <laughs> with a background in finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. He has built and sold six and seven figure businesses in the commercial energy efficient space, owned many homes, and has been investing in residential and commercial real estate starting in 2009. Aaron, thank you so much for being on Peter Peer Real Estate Show. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. No, it's my pleasure. So, Aaron, did you know early on, and I always ask entrepreneurs this question, that you were going to be an entrepreneur? Was this something that um, you kind of grew up with as you were younger? Did it fall into your lap as you got older? Uh, tell us a little story about that. Sure. Yeah, thanks. The The answer is a bit of, of yes and no. Um, <laughs> I did not I did not know until my mid twenties, I would say, uh, when I got laid off, and I'll go into that maybe in a little bit. Sure. Uh, from from a company that I was working for in, in Boulder, Colorado at the time. But yeah, growing up actually, and this is a good question. My um, my grandfather always kind of egged me on. I didn't know why at the time, but growing up, I mean, there there are a few entrepreneurs in our family, uh, him included. Right. And so growing up, he would just kind of drop books on me, like think and grow rich or, you know, Mario teaches typing. He's like, you got to learn how to type fast, you know, in terms of efficiency. And at the time, I didn't really realize what he was doing because uh, maybe he saw it in me or something like that. But, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't say he was grooming me, but maybe he was just kind of like nudging me in, in, a, in the entrepreneurial direction because I didn't have it otherwise. I mean, my my yeah. family was in nonprofit and, and government work. It's kind of the opposite of entrepreneurship, you know, so <laughs> right. my immediate family. But um, no, it's, it's great. And I actually thought a lot about this last week because he would have been 100 on wow. August 18th and he made it to 96. So it's still pretty good. That is to, yeah, that's great. <laughs> we kind of, we kind of celebrated in the family a little bit, you know, he yeah. would have been a hundred. So that was cool. And, and he was my only influence in terms of entrepreneurship and, and that, but still uh, growing up, I mean, got into a real estate and finance as a degree and really dove in a red rich dad, poor dad, sophomore year of college and kind of the rest is history there. Just, was tr trying to be a sponge in terms of learning about investing and real estate. And, and uh, my, my vocation is around sustainability, which I know we'll probably get into, but. Yeah, no, you know, it's funny. I, I and I was gonna, I didn't want to interrupt you, but isn't the standard book for entrepreneurs is rich dad, poor dad. It seems think and grow rich is another one. I think those mm -hmm. two books are, are like the standard when it comes to uh, trying to get into business. So, um, so when you knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur, right, as as you got into your 20s and all that, when did you figure out that you were going to be unemployable, that you didn't want to do a nine to five anymore, that you wanted to control your own time and not let someone else do it for you? Mm -hmm. Sure. So probably three years into starting uh, my my company, which was an energy efficient lighting products distribution company, and I, I took it uh it took it online basically for commercial distribution, which didn't really exist as much back in, we're talking 2010 right. when e-commerce and FBA and things weren't really that, um, that big back then. But, you know, I got into it because I, I learned, I, I started in solar energy and then went into energy efficient lighting because the, the ROI is so much better in, in energy efficient lighting. And we'll talk about sustainability maybe, but 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably three years into starting my company where it actually took off and I had to catch up to my myself because they, you know, they different entrepreneurial phrases like you can't, your business can't grow unless you grow. It can't, your business can't grow more than you do, you know, kind of, and, and things like that. So it right. sort of took off, but, you know, I, I started building the team and, and the company grew to the point where, yeah, all of a sudden I'm making more in a few months than I did in, in a year wow. working for, working for others and the different startups and things. And so yeah. that was really it. Cause I, I had bought a couple pieces of property by then. And I was really just gaining confidence. Like I can do this. Like I see the system on how to build companies now or invest and get the whole train rolling, I guess. Right, and right. so, and with that, the last final point might be, um, if everything had failed, if I lost everything, I had a bit of confidence that I could build it up again because I started it when I was on unemployment, sitting at the kitchen table for a year, you know, wow. building the website, you just stick it out until it works. But I had faith that it would work. And so with that experience, even in my uh, mid twenties, it was like, okay, this is, I can do this in different formats, you know? Wow. I, I like, I like the fact that, you know, you, you did, you worked on your website, you never gave up. Uh, you said that this could be done, you know, and I think that that's the key though, Aaron, is that you didn't give up and you you fought through whatever adversity that you may have, especially, you know, once you got laid off and you figured, you know what, I can know, I know how to build the business. I know I could do this. I, I love the confidence. So when did you start uh, Attainable home, um, Homes? Um, mm -hmm. Was this something recent or was this back, like, like you said, maybe 2010, 2011, or was that later on uh, when you started the company? Later on, it was uh, so that lighting company that I built up, that was a seven year deal where I built okay. it up and sold it had, had a nice uh, little exit, not retired forever, but, yeah. you know, still, still great, gave me a little runway. And then I really uh, thought about what do I want to do next in terms of combining passion and purpose and, and something uh, uh, meaningful. Um, and then so I started this in 2018. And I didn't really get going until 2020 on this entire concept within the company. Um, so what happened in 2020? What, what happened with that two year gap? Was it uh, you were still working on some mm -hmm. things that you wanted to implement? Or were there any any uh, early mistakes that you made that you were able to uh, recover from? Yeah, a lot happened. I mean, because once once you have an exit of a company, I had, you know, one bigger, bigger one. And then I started another lighting company after that, when I should have just got out of, <laughs> you know, I should I should have just walked when it's kind of done, be done with it. So I, right. I was clinging on to the the old life a little bit. You know, I, I got in, I was traveling, you know, digging into some personal exploration and things you sort of neglect when you're running a company because you don't have much headspace for a lot of that. And so the uh, the whole new company didn't really. So we were you're talking two to three years where I tried little yeah. businesses, you know, a lot of experimentation and didn't really get serious. But I had this concept of attainable home, which is net zero housing, affordable net zero housing combined with real estate investing. And I was just, it wouldn't go away, you know? And it's like when the, the I, I was like, I have to to do this because I, I think it can work. And it just, yeah. the idea wasn't going away. So I had, 
when it started in 2018, you know, you, you have the website, you get the social media handles and stuff, but you're, it's just sitting there. You're not doing much, much with it. And it sort of took in a way, building up a ton more energy to be like, okay, now let's go for this. So, so this was the, would you call this maybe a dream of yours that you wanted to start attainable home? Because it seems like it just kept on coming back to you, you know, like it, it, it wouldn't let you go instead of the other way around. Um, when you realized that this was something that you wanted to do, um, did you talk it over with family and friends or, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a solopreneur, I, you know. I'll start the idea first and then, you know, I'll let people uh, join in later. How was that process? Sure. Yeah. I shared of, of course with, with friends and family and, the, and as they should, they should be supportive and they're like, cool, you know, you built okay. a company, you can do, do this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm, you know, generally solopreneur, there's a lot of that too. I just, I looked around, there were some, it was just like when I started the lighting company, a lot bothered me about the industry and the, right. the kind of bar is so low in a lot of ways. This one was more like, and we'll talk about definitions of what these things are, but I was like, yeah. everyone's talking net zero, you know, sustainability, green homes, eco-friendly, this and that. And I was like, yeah, the buzzwords. it's hard to find them. <laughs> yeah, All yeah, the, yeah all the buzzwords, but the houses that were actually net zero or doing it were millions of dollars somehow. It's like, okay, this is a great house. It's 4,000 square feet that no one can afford, but it's got all the solar up there you want. And I was, I don't know. I just, you know, you go through an evolution of exploration and, and like any entrepreneur, it's, you just, you kind of have to go for it at some point, you know? No, I, I definitely agree. So can you explain what attainable home is is about, um, for especially for my audience that never really even, I guess, heard that term, if you could explain uh, what attainable home is? Sure. Uh, attainable home, the name of the company is my best idea on just representing houses, sustainable housing that people can actually afford. That's realistic. That's not pie in the sky. The term net zero is not mine. It's what's used with government and in the private sector. You see, again, the buzzwords 20 net zero by 2050. Okay. Yeah, well, net yeah, zero yeah, means, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> net zero means you produce as much energy as you use. So it zeroes out. It's like a net you know, ah, I see. Okay. Okay. And yeah. so, so what is sustainable? Like when you talk about a sustainable home, if, if I got that phrase, right. Um, can you explain more of that? Sustainable is a loose term that can mean <laughs> anything you want it to mean. I mean, okay. it, it can be, you have, you have, uh, you know, you know, there, there's so many blogs and, and different different ways people use the buzzwords and it can actually spill over into negative connotation like greenwashing okay. you know like when i sold solar back in the day my first job out of college you'd hear stories about businesses putting solar panels on the roof and not even right. plugging them in just for marketing purposes so people oh, wow. think they're more sustainable quote unquote so i like to steer away from those those kind of things net zero is is exactly what it means but sustainable right. is wide open 
Right. Green, same with green home or any of these other terms like I, that. Yeah. Those buzzwords. Okay. Um, and I, I, if you could go into it again, what is a net zero home? I, even though you explained it, but in more, um, is that now, are we seeing more of those homes that you guys are building, uh, that you guys are investing in? Is that more, uh, is it available in the East coast? Is that a, a United States type of uh of an, a type of investment net zero if, again if my question made any sense um if you could explain that in details where i you know for me like i said i've heard the term but in terms of investing in something like that i i, I can't say any of my investments i haven't even thought about investing in something called net zero homes or net zero emissions or you know sorry yeah, for the tangent exactly. me going off yeah <laughs> sure well, within my framework and the the company I have here, I again net zero is you produce as much as you use, and so what 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 I do here with my renovations, I, I did a couple of them through the pandemic, and I lived in the houses and and basically figured out this experiment. I was just hands on, and uh, and now now it's the blog, and we talk about this and help others do it, but. It, I, I include powering the electric car with it because like EVs, I have a Tesla Model 3. Fact is though, unless you're charging with renewable energy, you're not being green. You're just using more fossil fuels to power an electric car. So I actually wanted to prove that it could be affordable, you know, made your ROI and IRRs on the real estate investing side and also right. was truly truly net zero all the way across. And so that's what I go for. That's what I really love about this. It's like the win-win. But to answer more of your question, yes, it's becoming much more prevalent. And it could be even someone who puts enough solar on their roof without a bunch of efficiency to power their whole house. And because usually net zero means the house itself, the house right. itself, you're just covering your electric bills. And yeah, a, a good percentage of homes are going solar now alone without right. knowing much about it. So people could be net zero without knowing much about it. I mean, other places like California and different code counties and city for different codes are requiring much stricter efficiency requirements. And some places like in California, uh, you have to add solar as well in some form or another. It doesn't mean it's going to be net zero. So there's a push on many fronts to go this way. From my end, it's not necessarily from a governmental standpoint. It was, it was just, again, back to real estate investing and the technology and the cost of this stuff is now low enough to where it makes a lot of sense. So is, is, so are we, when we building a house from the ground up, um, what, what, what are we looking for to, to, to make this house net zero or more cost efficient, especially when it comes to electricity and air conditioning, like in, in other words, mm -hmm. and for a second part, does does attainable home can be effective just as much in a colder climates of, of uh, Minnesota, Detroit, Indianapolis, you know, up in the north part of, of the United States? Sorry, there's so many questions there, but I, I'm, I'm finding this uh, subject fascinating. Sure. Um, the, yes, yeah, so new build ground up is going to be much different than a renovation. Like the one okay. I'm sitting in right now is I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's an old 50s block home where I had to renovate absolutely everything. And so on existing homes, and every home's different because you have different builders, you have different floor plans, different trades that come in and do the work. And so literally every house is, is different. It's one's going to be more leaky than the other. 
um, and, and then different materials you get in. Now, I'm not a building scientist to sure. preference this. I, I'm a real estate investor. I'm a spreadsheet guy. You know, and so, <laughs> that's okay. So I try to, I'll try to get it enough to be dangerous with with this stuff. But yeah, it, it's a general decision tree that you go through. One is air sealing. You want to make sure your house is basically uh, as airtight as possible. Um, to the point now, if you get it too tight, which some homes do, then you need mechanical ventilation because to exchange the fresh air and so forth. But most homes are so leaky that it doesn't matter. And you have multiple air changes per hour from the outside in and your HVAC is fighting, you know, all the leakiness in and out and it switches in the northern climate. So up there, um, you'll have a much different way of, of going about it. I mean, I'm in Florida, so it's like the HVAC is it's air conditioning on the co cooler side all day long right. and you're fighting the heat outside and then flip that for the normal, normal or winter climates up north. But yeah, the decision tree, usually air sealing, and then you look at insulation and then you, uh, the biggest, the biggest energy user in the house is going to be your HVAC system. Yeah, and then your hot water heaters is up there quite a bit, but it, it all depends on, again, the house, the size. I mean, even orientation to the sun is, is sunlight pouring in and heating up your house during the day, or do you have lots of shading? So do you even consider windows? So anyway, wow. I mean, and I plug all these things in and then the big, the big thing that I found with this was Okay, solar goes on last. You do all your efficiency first, and then you cap it off with solar to make it true net zero. And in my case, including powering the Tesla for like 10,000 miles a year, which is like 3,500 kilowatt hours per year. So you just add more solar to, right. if you're doing the project anyway, it's not a big deal to add more for, for the car. But what I found out is in different climate zones and in different houses and all the variables, it can actually make sense to to ignore efficiency projects like HVAC, like insulation. And the two houses I experimented on, I didn't do either of those in any of them. Right. Because actually, when I ran the numbers on the payback and the ROI, it was cheaper and shorter payback to add more solar panels than swap out the HVAC or add thousands of dollars of insulation. So it's interesting from that way. And that's not how a lot of people would go about it from the building science world or energy star or, you know, our values on insulation. So a, a new ground up build, you can do all this from the start and design it much more efficiently. And studies show that to be truly net zero, it's in terms of material and labor costs, you're within five to 10% of a regular house. But wow. And so, yes, if you if you do it right, you can really engineer it and then just make sure you can fill up a little bit of solar on there. Now, you run into other issues here of just the structure of these uh, arrangements, like a builder's not going to own it. They want to they want to make a profit, understandably, because building a house is hard enough to begin with. And so you don't necessarily you're you're just naturally your focus is not caring about the energy bills of someone buying it. And then homeowners will be in homes on average for what, six to eight years, I think it is now, something yeah. like that. So you could argue from that end, okay, any payback 
on your money beyond six years. Why would I care about that? So you just kick the can down the road, but everyone's paying the bill to the utility company. So a lot of this stuff can be, I mean, it, it totally depends on the situation, but I went on for a bit there. Sorry, but I hope no, that no, helps. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, it definitely answered my question. So Aaron is, we're talking with Aaron Sign of Attainable Home. Um, in terms of bills, uh, whether it's heating costs or, or AC costs, I don't know if you can answer this. Is there a, a, a savings that we could, um, uh, that's possible in, in terms of using, you know, whether it's solar panels or anything else to save save on, on those uh, uh, energy costs? Because, you know, in the summer, the AC is going to be running 20, 20 mm -hmm. hours a day. And in, and in the winter, you know, you got your heat, especially if you're up north um, or, or if you're in Florida. You know, you get the AC on 365 days a year. Uh, what kind of energy costs can we can we save on, if 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 at all possible? Yeah, I found with with mine on the efficiency side, you can usually get the bill down 20 to 30 percent, or or maybe even 40 to 50, depending on how inefficient your house is now. Right. But you you reach the cap on because you need air conditioning of some sort. Like you're not going to turn it off. And again, I, I try to be conscious of people's comfort because human nature, you don't do it unless the project pencils. And I've seen that all through on, I'm talking seven figure commercial lighting projects, energy efficient ones or solar. It has to make money, money sense. And then people, creature comforts don't want to really change habits. And so you can, you can be net zero. You can have a very low energy bill and you can, just be sweating in your house all day and not use the <laughs> air conditioner. But, you know, so th this all has to work yeah. as we want to live comfortably or no one's going to take a serious look at it, in my opinion. So you can usually, yeah, 20 to 30% on the, on the efficiency side. And then you just go for solar because again, a lot of that, at least in down here, I found the ROI on solar is better anyway. Right. Well, we need we need you, Aaron, to come up with an invention that 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 could work in uh, multifamily buildings, 20, 30, 40 uh, mm -hmm. units per building. That's what we need, you know, to save on on 20 or 30 percent a year. Hey, I could use that money to invest in a REIT or something. So, um, yeah, if so, do you work with engineers or or con not contractors? Uh, well, obviously contractors, I'm assuming. But do you work with the engineer, the architect of a project? If you know there's going to be some homes built in the area, you guys are going to do the building. Or do you work with, with architects at all or any type of uh, structural engineer? Um, or you guys handle that all yourself? How, how does that work when it comes to uh, building something from, the, let's say, at least from the ground up? Well, sure. So the, the renovations uh, I did personally as my own investments and then okay. attainable home is the blog itself. So this is more right. of a content business. And then I've helped uh, I've helped friends and family and other people uh, go net zero and we look at the whole house. So no, the the short answer is no, I haven't worked with architects. And okay. but this gets really specific with lead buildings. And if I could touch on multifamily, I think sure. there's a huge opportunity in multifamily from what I see as an investor, because um, we all have our frame of reference. But from an owner's perspective, you're worried about common area utility bills. Who's paying the bill and the units? Are, are you paying it for the tenants? Because arguably 
no one's gonna well not no one but you won't be like well I, i'm paying everyone's electric bill they need to pay their own right. and so i think there's some really cool stuff and i'm sure it's happening on on levels i'm just more in the residential space but sure. you know you you could because with multifamily buildings you may run out of roof space or you may have an area where you could do solar pergolas or a ground mount system where you just don't have the space because we're talking hundreds or potentially thousands of square feet needed for, right. for panels and you get another stuff but say a 40 unit multifamily building that may look like sort of a rectangle motel type of thing i think right. that could be awesome because you could do some very uh efficient and affordable energy efficiency stuff anyway during the renovation just like air sealing you know mini split hvac units some other stuff like that to bring all that down or even come up with a, a model that says hey i i am going to be the utility company for the the tenants you do the efficiency fill your roof or property with solar and then you could uh charge them separately you know there's all kinds of ways to do that with wi-fi and ct ct monitors and um you may know of some more i don't know the names of them in the multifamily space but right. i've found at least in my little uh residential homes here which are now furnished sort of airbnb or rentals the tenants love it, it they're all in they're, they are into sustainability but if you show especially with like ev chargers which yeah. you could do at the multifamily buildings too we see the ev chargers popping up I mean, there's a cool real though, market. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is cool because if you have a an EV and you're charging it, it's pretty inconvenient to charge it all over the, the city if you don't have a home hookup. So if you can be a property and differentiate to say, I'm fully net zero, this is a net zero property, sure. charge your car, it's all solar powered, your unit's efficient, you know, you're going to pay $50 a month for energy on average instead of 100 down the street. I mean, that's $600 a year. That's nothing to sneeze at for, say, a one-bedroom rental. So there, exactly. there's a lot of cool stuff I think you could do in multifamily, and I just wanted to say that real quick. Well, like I said, Aaron, you're going to be in charge of doing that, okay? We, we, we need that here <laughs> yeah. in New York City and everything. So, Aaron, is there anything that I might have forgotten to ask you that you could cover? Is there anything that I, I, I missed from my questions? I think it's pretty good. I mean, we, we, there's a lot to talk about for sure. And, and I can be a little long winded with this, but yeah, there's a, yeah. And I get, I get jazzed up about it too. You know, yeah. uh, for instance, on this home here, the first one I did, it, it saves three, if you have an EV, it saves $3,000 a year, an wow. 1800 square foot. Three, That's two, yeah. Between no electric bill and no gas, if you have both. So the, and the ROI on the whole thing was much higher than the standard ROI on real estate. So I think my point there yeah. is that you can increase your ROI and in effect, you're leaving money on the table by not doing these projects um, it, because it's there. It's like you, you can pay bills to the utility company or you can kind of utilize this as another investing vehicle. If that right. makes sense. No, no, it does. Um, so what's next for you and the company? What are you guys looking to do in the next three to six months? What's in Aaron's crystal ball? <laughs> crystal ball is tough. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> the, the, the company is growing quite a bit. We get a lot of views on the content. We have hundreds of articles on everything like this. And, and when I have the time, I dive in and write up long things like how to turn your short-term rental into a net zero property. And I hope to tackle some of the multifamily. So it's really about growing 
the company and just sharing the story a bit about yeah. how this is kind of possible now. You know, I don't sell solar. I don't sell it. I'm not in the trades of any sort. Right. It's just kind of exciting to be like this ROI works as a, as a real estate investing tool. And so the goal is just to kind of get out there, have conversations like this and and put more content up. Yeah, I know that that's definitely first of all, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for being on pay to pay real estate show. And before I let you go, there's a couple more things. What keeps you motivated? I already could tell. But what else keeps you motivated? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's about saving money and and, you know, and and saving the planet on, you know, such wasteful energy materials or whatever. But what else keeps you motivated? Yeah, I think, again, for me, it's a lot of fun. Uh, sharing this and just having conversations uh, like this and and really to have a business because i mean in actuality a lot of us build our first companies because we want to make money yeah. and that's fine that's the goal but you can be conscious of that like i want to make the most money any way i can find possible right sure. and I'm lucky. I was lucky to be able to do that. I did, of course, care about sustainability and things like that, but it kind of worked. But that allowed for my exploration and sort of a more pa passion purpose project. Yeah. And it's just fun when you're kind of in the flow of doing that. The renovations that I was doing was not fun, <laughs> but you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. having the having sort of the end goal and see it play out as it has uh, yeah. keeps me going. No, no, I understand. And any books you would like to recommend? Because if you have a book in you, Aaron, I, I I looked at your website, I didn't see, you know, a story by Aaron, you know, I saw the blog, but you have at least one or two books mm -hmm. in you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I haven't thought about that, actually. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think to go along with this theme, you've probably heard other guests talk a lot of uh, real estate books, but this this one's not really this one's just it's an easy book. It's called Share Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. Okay. And it's more of like an online marketing type of book uh, because El going back to elder millennial, it's like, I'm wasn't so comfortable putting myself out there and doing videos on Instagram or even doing podcasts. I'm with you time. on that. Yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I mean, doesn't it, it probably took, yeah, it's at least it took me a while just to get the courage to do any of it. And yeah. so this book's a really good one for anyone who's uh, hesitant on getting out there. And also, maybe more importantly, taking the pressure off yourself to, to not be a guru. You don't have to have all the answers. And to reference the title, show your work, people like stories. They just want to see what people are about. Like, yeah. if you had a terrible renovation, if I had to redo the backsplash and, you know, fighting with contractors, people <laughs> want to know. People want to follow the story itself and the journey and not so much look for all the answers in a guru. So that kind of helped take the pressure off and just yeah. put some stuff out there and you'll kind of, people that are into it will gravitate towards it and you're helping them at the same time. Yeah, all right, sounds good. And if somebody want to get in contact with you, what's the best way? Yeah, the we the website is attainablehome.com singular. And if you, go, if you, contact, if you hit contact on the website there, I, I get those directly. Yeah. Uh, on the homepage itself, the I, I think there's some good stuff. Of course, I'm biased because I wrote it, but I, I wrote up two big case studies on these net zero renovations I did. So you can check those out. And then there's also the uh, an efficiency guide that anyone, whether it's residential or multifamily, anyone can download it, use it for their own property. And it's just I think it's like 39 
sort of cheaper, affordable DIY stuff that you can do or a handyman can do easily to increase, to get that 30, maybe anywhere from 10 to 30% savings on the energy bill. And that's going to be your starting point on any of these projects anyway. So that's just like an, a free, free thing people can download and that'll, you'll get subscribed and everything to the, yeah. to the company and, and all that. So attainable home, really the homepage has a lot of it. Yeah, no, I'll definitely put that on the show notes. Well, again, Aaron, thank you so much for being on Pay to Pay Real Estate Show. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's yeah. a lot of fun. No, it was. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, everyone, that was Aaron Shine, and you can find them at Aaron at attainablehome.com. That's Aaron, E R I N, at attainablehome.com. Aaron, thank you so much for being on Peer to Peer Real Estate Show. Really appreciate it. You can find me at peer to peer real estate.com. That's peer, the number two, peer real estate.com. Check out our past shows and check out our blog and our resource page. Also, when you get a chance, please go to Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review. Tell us how we can make this show better. And before I go, guys, just a couple more things. Do not give up on your dreams. Fight for it. Guard it. Protect it. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. And I really believe if you keep the momentum going, good things will happen. On behalf of Peer to Peer Real Estate Show, I'm Willie Morales. Until next time, thanks, everybody. Have a great day, and please stay safe.